Oh, good morning, Claude. Good morning. I, uh, some years ago, my daughter got married, and uh, in my former church, we, um, this is in my former church, and we decided that we we're going to have weddings on a Sunday, uh, which turned out to be a great idea, but also a cheap idea as well. <laughs> really works very well. Anyway, so thinking about it, you know I'm not very religious. I'm a Christian, just to let you know, <laughs> I'm not religious. So I thought, what would be a great thing for the bride to come and as she comes in, what music shall we play? Chopin or Beethoven or whatever, or some great old hymn or something. And don't forget, the congregation are there and all the guests are there and so on. And... Uh, ton of non-Christians there. So, <clears throat> not being very religious, I thought, I know I will start the service uh, this morning. It's all right, lovely. And um, I did an impression of you last week. Yes. <laughs> no, no, do you think, think I didn't be quiet? Right, I'll shut up right now. I have, I have a habit of digging a hole for myself, but I'll tell you later. <laughs> I thought it was very good, actually. But anyway... Well, no, get away, Claude, leave it. <coughs> and so I thought, I know, as she comes in, what we'll do, and we arrange this with the band, we had a great band, we play Eye of a Tiger. Now, do you know Eye of a Tiger? It's the music that goes to Rocky. I mean, it is phenomenal, and it's loud. I like things loud, see? And uh, when she walked in, Eye of a Tiger. What a great wedding, what a great Sunday morning it turned out to be. Incidentally, that morning, so many people responded to the gospel, they really did. I didn't preach, um, uh, but my son did, and it it just turned out to be a great morning. Now, I am reminded, because you're here, that recently, I I didn't just plan my daughter's wedding, I've been planning my funeral. (laughs) Since they're about 17. And so, I've got this funeral planned out, and... I didn't realize, because the week before last, I was at a, a carnival, and who should I see at the carnival? Well, actually, I went to listen to them. Well, sally and her husband, Tony, and they play in this extraordinary um, orchestra, band. And I went to another carnival yesterday, and who should be playing in the band? But sally and Tony. But what I didn't realize this, we watched sally Ann here play, but I didn't realize she played my very favorite instrument, which is the saxophone. I love the saxophone beyond words. So, at my funeral, now I've got a friend who's not a Christian that I've invited to my funeral to play something at my funeral, but now I've changed my mind. Because he's not a Christian, I think I might have a Christian doing it. sally I discovered that you play the saxophone, and I heard you play the saxophone. So imagine now, it's my funeral, all right? And, and the coffin begins to come in. And I want you to get up, or be there, turned up full blast on the microphone. I want you to play Baker Street. Now, does anybody know Baker Street? You've got to hear Baker Street. In fact, if we can get it up on Spotify, whatever it is, we might play it at the end. It's totally non-Christian, but it is phenomenal because the saxophones just scream as loud as it is. It's a phenomenal piece of music. And the first time I heard it, I was gone. 
And so I want that for my funeral. And then followed by, to God be the glory, great things he has done. Do you know, it's just a great hymn. So we love that. Right, now, I'm following on from last week. Although I can't remember what last week was about. <laughs> we're following on from last week. But I'll, make, I'll give a hint to last week. But we're going to share from the same scripture. So it's from Galatians and it's chapter 5. And we're talking about life in the spirit. Well, actually, we're talking about walking in the spirit. And walking in the spirit is not as fancy as we think it is. And I'm going to read, I think, Simon, I'll read from verse 13. Just thought of it now. Sorry to mess you around. (laughs) You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But I tell you, don't use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. But rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you bite and devour each other, watch out, because you'll be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk in the Spirit. Can you remember that phrase? It's actually walk by the Spirit, not in the Spirit, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh, that's us, the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Now they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want to do, even though you're free. But if you are led by the Spirit, remember, you're not under the law. But the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, Debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, which an interpretation means the taking of drugs, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like, etc., 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 That is not the entire list. And I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, which sounds harsh. But the fruit, the evidence, empowered by the power, resurrected power of God, is the fruit of the Spirit. This is the creation of God. This is not the flesh. This is not human nature. This is a creation of God, empowered by God. It is love. It is joy. I don't know about you, but I love joy. It is peace. It's forbearance. Kindness. Do you ever met kind people? Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law. For those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified all this flesh 
with its passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So don't become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Keep in step with the Spirit. Entitled, entitled this talk. Walking with the Spirit. And I want to add my own kind of two words to that because this I really, really mean. And I dislike the opposite. Whatever isn't true, whatever isn't authentic, it isn't right. And it's not becoming of believers. It's not becoming of people of faith. Not becoming of people who claim to walk with the Spirit and by the Spirit. Authentic and true. But listen, as if there was any other way. Now this I can't get. As if we have multiple choices how we walk. The Bible, the teachings of Jesus, God's people, don't have multiple choices of how we walk this walk. This, I discover, is not like choosing a car. I think I'll have a green car. No, I don't. I think, do you know, I'll have a gold car. I think I'll have air conditioning. I'll get one with air conditioning. Shall I have leather seats or shall I have cloth seats? Shall I... Multiple choices. In the kingdom, there are multiple choices. We either walk with the Spirit, or we're not walking with the Spirit. And if we're not walking the Spirit, what kind of people are we? Because I don't believe in Baptist churches, Anglican churches, Methodist churches, Pentecostal churches, Charismatic churches. I believe in walking by the Spirit. Churches. I believe in the church within a congregation the church and the church will always walk by the spirit we are born again of the spirit how can we do any other than walk by the spirit it's illogical it doesn't make sense and in the new testament the new testament like following many teachers and paul had to what are you following all these teachers for? I go with this and I go with that and I go with this strain and I go with that strain. There's only one strain. We are people of Jesus, followers of Jesus, walking by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. My shout out this morning is that we, knowing this, are normal, not abnormal. And I began to talk about that last week. We are, we are, I know it sounds bigoted, we are the normal ones. We are so distinctive, but being distinctive is normal. I walk with God because I've been called out by God. I've been chosen by God. I was elected by God. I walk with God because I am the church of Jesus Christ on this planet earth. 
I walk in because I've been bought wholesale. I don't belong to myself or anybody else. I belong to him. I was, the price has been paid. I was bought. And in that buying, I've been planted into the living church of Jesus Christ that walks by the Spirit. There is only one way, not another way. We are heirs, co-heirs, sons and daughters of the living God. If we are not, then we're outside of God. It is normal to follow Jesus Christ as it's as normal for me to fall in love with my wife as a teenager and want to marry her. Nobody would say that's abnormal. That's normal. Well, for us, it's normal to be lovers of God. It's normal to walk out with the Holy Spirit, to walk out with God, to have that intimate, close relationship forever. It's normal. It's normal to be safe from sin. It's normal to be convicted of sin. It's normal to be filled with the Spirit. It's normal to speak of God. It's normal to gather together with the family of God. Absolutely normal. It's normal to be a child. It's normal to trust, to need Him. It's normal to cast your cares, not on one another, but on Him. It's a normal thing to do. It's normal because Jesus did it so we do it, to walk about doing good. That's what Jesus did. He walked around, the Bible says, doing good. It's not abnormal. It's normal. It's normal to take his name. Just as normal as it was for Sue, who's an Ellis, to become on the day that we got married an Ellerington. It was just normal. I quite like a double barrel name, but it's normal for it to become an Ellerington. What's wrong with that? It's normal to become a child of God and bear another name and another heritage. And it's normal to walk this way because there are not many ways to God. Holy Spirit. There is no such thing as a follower of the Holy Spirit. There is no such thing as a Baptist, a Methodist, a Pentecostal, a Charismatic. The Holy Spirit doesn't gather Holy Spirit meetings. The Holy Spirit has come to convict the world of sin. And to magnify and glorify the Son of God, Jesus. And when he convicted me of my sin, and my heart opened up, he brought the presence of Jesus to my life. And he still convicts me of sin. He still tells me which way to go through his conviction. But it's Jesus I follow. He boasts of Jesus I boast of Jesus. He talks of Jesus. I talk of Jesus. If you want more of the Holy Spirit, Pentecostal church, get more of Jesus. You can't miss the Holy Spirit. You can't miss the Father. 
He's the door. Get more of him. Come, Holy Spirit. What? Holy, come, I prayed that, but come, Holy Spirit. What am I saying? Come, Spirit, Holy Spirit, and bring the presence of Jesus. Bring the power of Jesus. Bring the miracles of Jesus. Bring the illumination and the teaching of Jesus. And here's the thing. We who want to know more of Jesus, the test of it is this, that when the squeeze comes on, when your buttons are pressed by your children, by your partners, by your family, by your neighbors, by the economy, by the bills we've got to pay, by the people we were, when it comes on the squeeze, what juice flows out? When Jesus was squeezed, what came out? Anger, bitterness, rage. No. The fruit of the presence of God. When we squeezed, Jesus comes out, should do his presence, his peace, his forgiveness. It says in Ephesians, follow God's example, dearly beloved children. Walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us. And he gave himself for you. As a fragrant offering. And a sacrifice to God. When we squeeze. Is it a fragrance that comes out? Is it a fragrance incense that comes out? When we walk with God. 1 Peter 2.9, it says this, you are a chosen people. This is not sermon stuff. This is just fact. You are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, you are. In fact, you're more than that, you're a holy nation. You're a people for his own possession that you might proclaim this excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his glorious light. The transition is out of darkness into glorious light. Transition is not knowing God, knowing God. Being filled with the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, or not filled with the Spirit. The transition is binary. One or the other. So the fruit, and against this fruit, and I'm not preaching on fruit. This fruit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against this, there's no law. So live by that. 
when the squeeze is on, something's going to come out that is not your natural nature. It's not you being a nice person, because I was just born nice. But this is a super niceness. This is empowered by the Spirit of God coming out of your life, which is evidence that you're walking with him, evidence that you're growing with him, evidence that you're going with him. You're manifesting the one who has filled your life. And there's no law against these choices, and you are free now to spread the aroma around taste the fruit of the spirit this is us growing up this is us getting up out of our seats this is feeding on the fruit of the spirit and sharing it with one another there's a guy that I grew up with much older than me dead now and I come from a little working class community in the north of England, council estate, little church in the middle of the council estate. But there's one guy in that church called him George Pease. George Pease was a guy we all looked up to. George Pease never brought anybody to church. Not that I remember. But George Pease was the man, the go-to man of kindness and wisdom and knowledge and understanding he was brilliant. He was a builder. And he worked for a company. And they made him the foreman of that company. Then he was elevated to the super foreman and so on. And because of his services to industry and his services to the community, walking around doing good, he was awarded one of those BEs, MBE or OBE or SBE, no idea, but he got a BE from the Queen. Not because of his mass attendance at church, not because of all the things he'd sung, not because of all the books he'd read, but his presence in the community, the go-to person in this big building company that built for the government, he was, the go- he was George, solid as a rock. He walked by the Spirit. Sue's dad was a butcher. He had a butcher's business. And this was really interesting when I was growing up. I was talking about the ministry, because you know, you're going in the ministry, you're going to Bible college, are you, daddy, 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 daddy. He says, I've got my ministry. What's your ministry? Mr. Ellis. And I also called him Mr. Ellis, not Jack. Never called him Jack in my life. Anyway, Mr. Ellis says, this is my ministry. What do I do here? Well, what's he do? He goes out, gets up at six o'clock in the morning. He chops his meat up, fills his van, and he goes off in his van. And he works until evening time. Chopping and selling meat. He comes in, he gets a bath, gets a wash picks up his Bible and he goes to church or he does a Bible study somewhere he goes and visits somebody that was his life day in day out this guy never had a holiday never had a holiday they just worked and were they rich? no they were not rich 
Did he bring people to church? Hmm. Every now and again, mum and dad always bring people to church. Except he said to me, my church is out there. My church is on the streets. My church is with all my customers. And you know that people would come into a shop and he would take them into a little uh, kitchen and he'd sit down and he'd pray with them. He'd witness them, he'd open his Bible, talk on a regular basis. I saw all this with my own eyes. So I thought, I've got to see this. So I went out with him on his round. And on his round, I didn't tell him I was coming to observe him. I was coming just to just be, you know, a mate with him. He was talking to the people as if he was their pastor. If anybody's sick, he'd go and see them in the house. He knew all about their children, knew all about their lives. He walked around doing good. He was a man who walked by the Spirit. Was he embarrassed about his faith? No way. Was he the normal one? He was a normal one. And when he died of a heart attack at his funeral, it blocked the streets. You couldn't get a place in the church. I preached at it, which was to me, what? It was endless. And people all down the steps and up the, up the road, all outside of the church. He was known in the community as that preacher, that man of God. He walked by the Spirit. It is so easy to think we're walking by the Spirit in here. We walk by the Spirit out there. And that is why last week I read to you, and I want to live by this, I'm trying to live by this, because I think this is just totally brilliant in Thessalonians. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You noisy people, live a quiet life. Now when I read quiet life, I read of someone who knows their place. A person of peace. A person who's satisfied with God. Satisfied with his saviour. He's at peace with himself. And this man who's at peace, and woman that's at peace with themselves, parks their car responsibly. They don't have barbecues until two o'clock in the morning. When I'm trying to get to sleep, and all the smoke's coming in. Through the windows. Now, you're a great neighbor. You're a great father. You're a great mother. Great parents. Great children. Live a quiet life. Because that's when the fruit of the Spirit begins to really work. Not in our persona and what we're trying to project. In the genuine Authentic life. Live a quiet life. And mind your own business. I didn't even think that was biblical. Mind, what a great verse this is. Mind your own business. Well, we said this uh, last week, didn't we? But I'll tell you, that's how Satan gets going. Really, it's a come on to Satan. When we're not minding our own business, when we're minding somebody else's business, when we've got the, the, the plank in our own eye, we're seeing the speck in somebody else's eye. This is where Satan really gets going. In our families, with our brothers-in-law, sons, daughters-in-law, the whole family, 
They're like this. I don't get on with them. Dirty, dirty, down. We tell the stories around. Mind your own business. We're a friend in the spirit. We're doing something that's against the fruit of the spirit. If you want to live a quiet life, mind your own business. It's right practical, isn't it? And work with your hands. In other words, roll your sleeves up and get stuck in to whatever you do. Whatever your hand finds to do, it says in the Bible, do it with all of your might. Just get stuck in. Be a worker. I've got a neighbor who gets stuck into everything. Anybody wants a drain pipe unblocking, anybody wants this doing, that doing, tree cutting down, I don't know, if he sees you working on the drive, washing your car, he'll pick something up and help you wash it, he does all that kind of stuff, I've got that kind of neighbour. What a witness this man has got. Known by hundreds of people. Because he gets stuck in with his hands. I dislike, do you, laziness and idleness. And there's something in my spirit being brought up in a working class community. Don't you ever be idle. So Sue will tell you when I sit down, I'm thinking what I'm going to do. What, what shall I do? What shall I do? And sometimes it makes I've got to go into the garden. I dislike gardening. Sis like gardening. Amen in that. Dear. She loves it. I love it to rain. When it rains, this is why I live in Bristol, or in, in, in Britain. It rains means I can stay in and not go into the garden. And it also means that Sue goes into the garden and I'm left by myself. It's just lovely. Thank you, Lord. It's great. I say, walk by the Spirit. There is no other, don't allow any other influence to come into your life to shape your walk other than the Spirit of God. Walk by the Spirit. It is not, I'm shutting up in a minute. It's not seasonal. It's walk by the Spirit. It's not a Sunday thing. It's not a sermon thing. It's a walk, and it's your walk, and it's your personal walk. Before I ran, I learned to walk. Walking is brilliant. My son has walked the Camino Way 500 miles twice. And he's got duff knees. I don't know how he's done it. And now he's going to do it on a third time. 500 miles. You see, my daughter, my, it's not my daughter, it's my granddaughter. That's it. I know there's a word for it. My granddaughter runs for, um, uh, where do I live? Somerset. She runs for Somerset. She's got this jacket which says Somerset on it. She goes running. And she went for a, a, a run the other day. Incidentally, she doesn't like running. Don't know why she runs for Somerset. She doesn't like it. She tells me I don't like it, Gandhi. And the other week, she had to go to Millfield and there was a, a big race on with, with a big crowd of people and they wanted her to go. And she came last. I said, why did you come last, Amelia? She said, I wanted to. What do you mean? Well, it's a race. You're supposed to, you're supposed to win the race. And so I investigated. And she says, I wanted to stand back and learn how people ran to win the race. She was learning. She came last, but was observing how the race is to be run. I learned something there. 
people you admire in God. Watch how they walk so that you might learn to walk. I learned to walk because of George Pease. I learned to walk because of Sue's dad. I watched, I'm a people watcher. My dad used to be a pastor of this church years ago. I've said this before, you all know anyway. Uh, when I was born and was growing up, I was about that high. My dad had a full-on, called it a nervous breakdown, a complete mental breakdown and a physical breakdown. My dad couldn't work. He didn't get paid then if he didn't work, he couldn't work. My dad couldn't even walk. And my dad had to learn to walk. And my earliest memories of my dad is somebody with two sticks learning to walk again and hobbling along the road. He was an energetic, healthy, youngish guy learning to walk again. Hey, what courage. In front of everybody, learning to walk again. Some of us, you know, we've got to ask ourselves the question, do I need to learn to walk again? And I just want to remind you, this word walk is a right interesting word. Because I don't walk very well, I'm not a walker anyway, and I've got, I walk like my mother. My mother walks like a sailor, or did, and I've got, I, I walk from side to side like that. But I've got an injured leg, and this was chasing Sue when I was trying to court her, showing off, and I bust my leg. It's always been bust to this very day. But I don't just walk from side to side, because it kind of feels like shorter than the other, I walk like this, and I always walk, I can't walk in a straight line. <laughs> So don't follow me. I'm walking. I'm walking circles. Just about. We've all got different walks. <clears throat> but the currency of our walking, based on that word "walk" that's in the Bible, doesn't mean a long walk. It's not meaning the 500-mile Camino road walk. It's actually the, this word "walk" means a stroll. And actually, this is how, what it means, walking to and fro, to and fro, walking with the Spirit. No rush, no panic, walking to and fro, normal. Do you know why? Do you know why? When Richard goes for his walk on the Camino, he's walking, but nobody can find him. He's doing 500 miles. Walking to and fro, you are meeting people. You are with people. They can observe you. Now, there's nothing, nothing observable about a walk. You don't, oh, look, oh, look how they walk. But you're seeing how a person lives out the presence of God by being around people. Walking up and down, naturally. Walking with the Spirit. And my dad had to do this to learn to walk again so he could go back to work 
and so on. Finishing up all together. <clears throat> I've got a house. Well, obviously. And uh, it's in Cheddar. And I counted up how many neighbours butt onto my garden. It's, it's not a huge garden, but it's a fair size. I've got eight neighbours. Eight houses butt up to my garden. Now, the summer's come, and they, And I go out in the garden watching Sue at work. <laughs> and they've all got the patios going, and they, they've got the barbecues going. And some of them are a little wine out, and they're away. And I can hear all the conversations. I can hear what they're talking about. And I can hear, and have done, on a number of occasions, one husband or one wife to the husband screaming at one another. I can hear them when they're swearing at one another. I can hear them when they're laughing at coarse jokes together. I can, he- I can hear them. I can hear them. And I think, I don't like these people. Hey, I don't, I don't want to be part of these people. It's, it's like their garden's like my garden. And I can't. And so whenever I want to talk to Sue in the garden, I've got to use words like darling, <laughs> sweetheart. Of course I will, my love. Because they can all hear me. They can all hear me as I hear them. And the point is that they're all loud in the gardens, but they're nice people. They're nice, but I'm afraid of getting to know them almost because all I see is their anger and shouting at the kids. They are noisy, they've got some noisy neighbours. And when one dog starts barking, they all start barking. It's crackers. (laughs) (sighs) My neighbours. The act of the flesh, it says there, are with us every day of the week. If we think that getting filled with the Spirit is going to release us of temptation, we're wrong. Getting filled with the Spirit is getting more of Jesus. Filled with the Spirit, I believe, wholeheartedly. But that tension between right and wrong that tension being the work of the flesh of me and the work of the spirit diametrically opposed. And I want to say this just practically then. So as people who walk in the spirits, we need to be checked. We need MOTs. I get an MOT on my car every year. I phoned them up the other day. I said, I think my gearbox needs new oil. He said, oh, uh, I'll give you a quote for that. And um, I said, how much is it? 300 pounds. What? I'm not going to have my gearbox oil changed. But I'll pay the MLT and I'll pay the repairs. And if my car, which is mechanical, fairly uncomplicated... You know, by comparison to this wonderful creation that God has created. Don't I need to do a check? I don't think once a year, I think I need a check every couple of weeks. 
So I want to say to you, you need the very best teaching. You deserve it. You're children of God walking by the Spirit. You want the very best, you want the very best counseling. You deserve the very best parenting, spiritual parenting. You deserve the very best family. You want the very best fellowship. You want to MOT, and that's why we have pastors and leaders, to MOT us, to get us back on track so they're walking again with a spirit and overcoming and winning the battle between the flesh and the spirit. Amen.